Welcome to episode number 69, Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast. Tonight is a solo episode, just recapping Vermilion Bass Fishing Tournament that I just had, TBF Team Trail, uh, from Monday, May 17th. And then we do kind of a final preview for the Gunnersville on the eve of the Gunnersville's Elite Series Tournament. Hope you enjoy it. As always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. Live on a Wednesday night. What's up, everybody? Let's see who's in the chat tonight. I see there's a few people already hanging out. Exciting times. Uh, we are in a tornado. Watch, warning, active tornadoes touching down near, but good thing is studio's in the basement, so the show goes on. So if I disappear, you'll know why. We got the whole family, we got all the dogs in the basement, everybody's safe, and we're streaming. What's up, Darius? How's it going tonight? I assume the sound is good. Going solo tonight. Talk a little Gunnersville, talk about tournament, talk about the Minnesota fishing opener. Um, see what happens. Answer some questions. How is the sound and video? I do not have red slippers on, Thomas, but I do have my flip flops on, if that counts. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. <clears throat> Should be a fun one. Who's planning to watch themselves on Bassmaster Live on Gunnersville tomorrow? Let me know in the chat who is going to be having one eye on work and one eye on Bassmaster Live tomorrow. All right. Sounds very good. But, yeah, like I mentioned, people rolling in. Uh, we got a little bit of a tornado watch, active tornado hitting the ground not too far from where we live. So we're all down in the basement and uh, hanging out on the stream talking fishing. So it should be a good one. Rocking the Bateman sweatshirt tonight, hoodie. Darius, you're going fishing tomorrow? Does that mean you are you going to watch Bass Live or are you just focused on fishing the whole time? Ooh, that's rough. Was it a sports thing? Uh that accident at the park? What happened, Thomas? Yeah, we're definitely safe. We're all down in the basement. The studio is in the basement. What's up, Simon? Good to see you. Reminder to get your Gunnersville picks in. You still got tonight. The tournament starts tomorrow. If you haven't got your Drain the Lake and Fancy Fishing picks in, it's now is the time. You got a few hours left before you go to bed or get up super early in the morning and do it. <clears throat> Lots of things to watch in this Gunnersville tournament. It's the, uh, the end of the Southern swing. Uh, was it our seventh tournament for fantasy fishing? And then we got the classic and then kind of a break and then the Northern swing and uh, an angler of the year on the line. And it looks like Seth fighter is a really good position. And uh, I think he's got a really good shot. He's done really well at Gunnersville in the past. <clears throat> he's obviously done great at Champlain and pretty decent at the St. Lawrence River. There you go, syncing up the Bluetooth. I like it. Good plan, Michael. Traveling to West Texas. Nice. I think it's 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, Kyle. Yeah, the kindergarten... Playgrounds are a rough place for kids, that's for sure. <clears throat> I definitely remember uh, a kid breaking his arm on the monkey bars when I was a kid. Lake St. Clair all next week. That should be bonkers, Darius. Hopefully you get a lot of sweet pictures, and uh, gets, that should be awesome. There you go, stick more. That's why you're here, because I'm reminding you. You can open another window right next to this one, make your picks, 
You'll be all good. So we had our <clears throat> opening fishing weekend in Minnesota. So bass, northern pike, walleye, all that finally opened in Minnesota. Uh, catch and release for bass mostly up in a certain part of the state. Uh, bass is not catch and release. And we had our first tournament of the year on Monday. They actually had the tournament moved to Monday because we couldn't get a permit from the DNR. They didn't want to have our bass tournament on top of all the boats for walleye opener on Lake Vermilion. So we had a Monday tournament, which was pretty cool. The lake was... Super chill. Nobody was on their docks. Hardly anybody was out fishing except for the 20-some tournament boats. That's right, Tom. I think I saw on Facebook it was your birthday. Happy birthday, Tom. I agree, and we'll talk about that a little more. I definitely think uh, Fighter is in a really good position based on his previous history on all three of these bodies of water. So we'll talk about that tournament. Uh, had the first or second tournament of the year, first tournament in Minnesota. The other one was on the Mississippi River. <clears throat> 71 years young, Tom. Hopefully you got to go out and do some fishing today and catch a few. What should we talk about first? Should we talk about Gunnersville or my tournament? What do you guys think in the chat? Where do we want to start tonight? <clears throat> <laughs> That's a good story, Kyle. A shot, new shock blade. <clears throat> All right, sure. I haven't thrown the one that I bought yet. I still got it in the box. <clears throat> Sycamore votes for my tournament. <clears throat> Excuse me. What? Let's hear a couple more votes in the chat. Tournament or Gunnersville? What's up, B Felt? Another vote for Turney. All right, we'll start with the Vermilion Turney. And if anybody is in the chat that is from Minnesota, we'd love to hear about some of your opening stories uh, from the, the weekend and how people did. So, drove up <clears throat> Lake Vermilion is about a four-hour drive uh, on Friday night. Um, if you follow me on Instagram at Hellabast, you'll see that I got stuck in a horrific traffic jam. There was a pretty bad accident and we were stuck for over an hour um, on the freeway. So we got up there late. <clears throat> so I couldn't get my invasive species boat inspection done on Friday night. So we didn't get on the water till almost eight because we had to wait for the boat inspector to show up at the landing, even though all the other walleye boats, non-tournament boats, pleasure boaters <clears throat> could just go on the boat, go on the lake free willy nilly, but tournament boats are held to a different standard in Minnesota on this lake. So we had to wait till eight to get on the water. We got our inspection. We got out. Uh, started looking around, hunting around, looking at water temps. Uh, in the bay we launched in, the water temps were around 57 degrees. Fairly warm uh, for being the way up north. I mean, we're talking like over an hour north of Duluth, Minnesota. So pretty far up. And uh, we caught one smallie like right away. Michael caught one on a chatterbait. <clears throat> and then we kind of hunted around for a while. Didn't see much. Saw a bunch of muskies up cruising. Just finishing up their spawn. And uh, poked around, hit a few docks, caught a few small fish, caught like one nice three-pounder, <clears throat> started running all around the lake. And I kind of went back out deeper, starting to look to see if they were staging. The main lake was more like 53, 54 degrees. Um, and we did catch some fish on jerkbaits, but they just didn't seem like the right size. We ran around the main lake uh, a bunch of the day. And Michael was, and I were catching them on jerkbaits pretty good, but they were just like two-pounders. And two-pounders don't cut it on vermilion. So that was up until about lunchtime. Let's see, Tom did get out fishing. Awesome. What's up, Scott? Uh, Kelly says, slow for eyes, bass spine near Park Rapids, lots of beds. Yeah, it was happening pretty quick this weekend in Minnesota. It's really weird when you think about <clears throat> bass are still spawning on Gunnersville, at least the very tail end of it, <clears throat> and bass are coming up hard in Minnesota. So it's really kind of a weird deal. Our spawn happens so fast and so quick. And, you know, they've literally been spawning for three months already at Gunnersville, and they're still not finished. <clears throat> and there's, you'd be pretty hard pressed to find 
a bed fish in Minnesota in about another month. <clears throat> and in the cities, most of them will be done in probably two weeks. <clears throat> so after that, we went into a smaller bay, hunted around a little warmer, went to Everett's Bay where the casino is, if anybody's ever been to Vermilion. And we started pecking around, caught, pulled on a couple smallies on the mouth. Um, and then we kind of went real shallow looking for largemouth. And I, and I busted some really nice fish <clears throat> on a uh, on this swim jig right here, actually. We'll talk more about this swim jig. But this is the uh, Super K quarter ounce in Mission, which I don't know if you can see that or not. Still tied on, a little bit chewed on. But it's got some like black, blue, brown, purple. It's got a lot going on. Uh, it's a really good looking color swim jig. <clears throat> and uh, my dog's down at my feet. Um, but caught some really nice fat pre-spawn largemouth, just like 17 inches long, about as big around as they were and tall. They probably weighed three and a half, three and three quarter pounds, even though they're only like 17 inches long. <clears throat> Super shallow, like old dead reeds right up against the bank. Uh, the water was warming up pretty fast, and it was getting close to 60 degrees in there that day on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, didn't get a lot of bites, but they were good ones. Caught a ton of pike. <clears throat> and then uh, we ran back to near the ramp, checked a few docks, caught some northerns. Wasn't really much happening. Overall, it was a mildly successful day one on the, the water. Um, caught a lot of smallmouth and a few quality largemouth. Uh, let's see. Yeah, otter tail is amazing fishing. Uh, I'm sure it was off the hook there. <clears throat> so day two, we practiced a little differently. We could only be on the water until 5.30. We got an earlier start. Checked some kind of big bay areas with some big boulders in the morning to see if they'd be staging on those. Um, and didn't really see much. And then we kind of worked our way up into a smaller bay. <clears throat> found a little pot of fish on jerk baits and uh, coming up in a little area. And uh, it was good to, you know, that was a good quantity of fish, but they really weren't that quality. Um, Darius said they're looking for all invasive species. They're looking for milfoil. They're looking for uh, any kind of water in your bilge, any wetness in your boat, <clears throat> um, in your live wells, uh, any grass, any mussels, any zebra mussels, things like that. They kind of look it over pretty close. Um So then we found that pile of largemouth. We're kind of hopping around, or that smallmouth. <clears throat> and one thing I started to notice is that most of the fish we were catching were near old reed beds. So it really seemed like a lot of the fish on Vermilion wanted to get or around <clears throat> old reeds to spawn. That's kind of what it seemed like. It, what it, largemouth would like be in it, and the smallmouth would be like on the boulders and rocks just outside of that. So we started to run that a little more. <clears throat> And uh, <clears throat> worked our way into an area where we had more combination, largemouth and smallmouth. And kind of, I checked some areas that I really liked, I thought would be good, and it just weren't happening in different parts of the lake. We ran up to Wolf, we ran through the Narrows, uh, checked some new waters. It was kind of hit and miss. Is my truck still there, Bill? Let me know. Um, but then we, late in the day, we kind of ran on one spot, which was like a really shallow boulder right outside of a reeds, outside of a bay that I've done well in the past. And I was fishing actually this bait right here. And because I've done really well on this particular setup, a white and chartreuse jackhammer with a little small arsenal tactical minnow and kind of a white shad color. <clears throat> Typically the water in Vermilion is very stained. And this has always been a really good color um, for me. And I did really well last August on this color. So I was really stuck on what worked in the past <clears throat> for there. And behind me, Michael was throwing a green pumpkin chatterbait. And he popped three smallies right behind me. And I never got a sniff. And I, the one thing I should have mentioned earlier is the water is way cleaner than I've ever seen it. Like in places where I couldn't see a foot or two down, I could see six plus feet down on Vermilion, which was really crazy. And so that tipped me into like, all right, maybe I need to tone down my color selection a little bit, <clears throat> which made me tie on some different baits uh, for the next day. But that little stretch proved to be really key. Um, and then 
we, we tried a few other things, found a pot of largemouth in some really shallow pads. We, we whaled them on the swim jig pretty hard, but they were all, you know, just a pound or two. Um, <clears throat> B felt was asking, what do I use for that quarter ounce swim jig? So the setup is a, uh, older champion Dobbin 734. So seven foot three, four power, uh, bait caster. And then I've got this on a, SLX 150XG, 8 to 1. I can slow it down, but I can also burn it pretty good. So that's my typical setup. I think I'm running this on 17-pound fluoro, uh, and that was <clears throat> pretty solid uh, all weekend long for the swim jig. We'll get to that, Michael. <clears throat> In practice, we did not see any smallmouth spawning. Um, <clears throat> so... And then Michael was catching them pretty good in practice on a jerkbait, uh, which I don't love to throw. And I was throwing a lot of like that really bright white jerkbait in practice. So like oh boy. Let's see. Right. Like oop, jerkbait down. All right, so this is traditionally like that French pearl mega bass color or something really close to a bone or pearl has always been a really productive jerkbait color in the past for me on vermilion. And I threw this a lot in practice and only caught a few fish. And Michael was throwing something a little different and actually doing a lot better. So we switched things up. Like I retied a bunch of things based on that in practice and what I saw at the end of the day there. And... uh Michael lost his jerkbait and we ended up going with this one. <clears throat> so this jerkbait right here, the sexy shad mega bass ended up being what it really seemed like they either wanted one with a little bit of chartreuse on the belly or chartreuse on the sides and something kind of natural middle patterns were really key uh, during a tournament. And then for the chatterbait, um, I went with a slightly different setup. Chatterbait wise, I went with this, I think it's called like... <clears throat> Beehide skill, maybe, uh, which does it's kind of got like a light watermelon uh, with some like silver and a little bit of orange and a gold blade and a green pumpkin head. It's a lot more subtle than that white. And I paired that with this kind of smoky gold swim on, which is a little bit translucent. You kind of see through it. So um, still pretty visible, but a lot less startling in the water. And I think a little bit harder for them to really see in the, when there was a little bit of wind in the water. And that made all the difference in the tournament. Uh, those color adjustments really made a big deal. Um, <clears throat> so we hit the stretch of docks close to the ramp. I caught like one two-pound smallie. <clears throat> a couple other people started on it. We got out of there, ran in that next pocket. Michael quickly filled our limit. You'll see all this on the video, hopefully by Monday, on a jerkbait. Uh, I caught a couple shorts on a jerkbait, and I was trying some other things. And uh, we filled out pretty quick, limit-wise, maybe like 10, 11 pounds. <clears throat> and then we moved up to this primary area, which is probably like a, I don't know, 10, 15-minute run. And we got on that key stretch where Michael caught those three. And I pulled out that chatterbait. And I had basically hardly had any fish in the box at that point because <clears throat> Michael had been doing damage on the jerkbait. And on the first pass, I caught, I don't know, I forget the exact order, but I think one almost three pounds and one over three pounds, culled out two fish right away. Uh, we hung around there a little longer, <clears throat> made a few more passes, didn't really get them. And then we just started hopping around the islands there, fishing the shallow boulder points that were adjacent to little reed corners. And we were just calling fish. We'd get a little deeper section. Michael would get them on the chatterbait, get them a little shallower. I'd catch them on the chatterbait. And we just worked through those areas, rotated them. Um, and called up to, I don't know, almost 16 pounds. <clears throat> um, we hit a section of docks. Um, <clears throat> I pulled out like a two pounder on a, on a tube. Michael throws back up next to the lift, catches like a three, three and a half pounder on the jerk bait. <clears throat> get a nice call there. And then we kind of rerun those spots. Then I get one more big one at the end of the day <clears throat> on that shallow boulder spot on the chatter bait. We're up like close to, I don't know, 16 and a half pounds, try a few more docks in that area. It's not really going down. So then we are like, we're going to save the last 
couple hours, go largemouth fishing. So we roll in there and I'm swimming a, a black and blue, you know, this, this mission jig and a few other things. And uh, I start catching smallies and pike, but couldn't catch the largemouth. Um, they were, they were nice smallies. They were like 2.7, 2.8s, but we just, I think our small fish at that time was like a 2.9, 2.9, just under three pounds. And <clears throat> hopping around, hopping around, we tried the pads. They were full of pike. <clears throat> and then we were like, okay, one little last reed spot on the way out of that bay. <clears throat> and as I'm cruising around it, throwing a swim jig, I see a smallie scoot off a of bed. And that's the first time all weekend on Monday afternoon at like, 130 that we see a smallmouth on a bed and so i kind of slow down see if that he's going to come back or not and then michael starts bombing his swim jig which looked just like this over that reed bed and i was like well cast over those reeds because there's probably more smallies in there and it starts raining gets a little cloudy so we can't really see well i was like you might be able to catch them blind fishing if you slow roll that swim jig through there then no more get those words out of my mouth and he hooks one up. We're not sure what it is. Might be a pike, might be a large mouth, might be a small mouth. Get at the boat. It's like a two eight smally. All right, sweet. I'm still kind of like putzing around, <clears throat> seeing if that fish will come back. <clears throat> he makes a couple more casts, one rolls on it, doesn't eat it. I was like, oh, these these are just probably more smallies in there. <clears throat> he casts back in there, <clears throat> rolls, rolls, <clears throat> sucks it down, hooks up. It's like a three three smally. Uh calls out. Gets us about a half pound call, pushes us up to like high 16 pounds. Um, we hang around there a little longer, see if we can hunt and peck in that reed bed. We don't really have enough time to go look. We spend the last 30, 40 minutes closer to the ramp looking for largemouth. It doesn't really happen. Catch some pike, see a big muskie, <clears throat> get back to the landing. We're like, I don't know, we got 16 and change. We're thinking based on past term results, I'm like, I'm just hoping we got the last check. Um, and, and two years ago and three years ago, it took like 20, 21, 22 pounds to win this tournament. So I'm like, just hoping we got to check. <clears throat> so we weigh in 17 pounds was leading it when we weighed in. Um, but we, we thought there was like multiple 17 pound bags. We thought it was like high 17s and wasn't sure we weighed in 16, eight. There's been tons of like 15 to 16 pound bags, uh, being weighed in. Like everybody had like, most of the teams had like more than 14 between 14 and 16 pounds so like i go dump the fish bring them out to like 10 feet like you have to run out of the bay drop them out that's part of the permit and uh then we load the boat and we're like getting stuff ready and we kind of miss the awards ceremony (laughs) so let's answer a few questions before i finish up here um so yeah, Michael, they were just starting to spawn. Maybe in other parts of the lakes, but in this bay was pretty shallow. So I feel like we were seeing the very start of it in the one bay um, that we were in. <clears throat> uh, leech, smallies are full-on spawn mode. I could believe that a little bit further south. Um, I think it was... I think the fishing was a little tough because of... The cleaning, the clear water. I don't think they're used to that clear water there. I think that's new for them. Like it's honestly, I talked to people that have fished like for a long time and it doesn't usually get that clear. And then I think we just caught it at a weird time where the fish were just moving, trying to go to get the spawn. Not enough of them were there to really target spawning fish. And a lot of the pre-spawn fish were like moving. So I think that's what made it a little bit tough. And for whatever reason, there was only like six largemouth weighed in. <clears throat> and a lot of times the big fish in that tournament are largemouth. And the largemouth, we didn't catch. We, in both practice days, we our best fish both days by far. Quantity and <clears throat> size were largemouth. And we never got a largemouth bite all day in the tournament. So something was just off. Like the the, the pressure change or they was warming up and they were going and, and like nobody hardly caught largemouth. Fishing pressure, I don't think it was an issue because it was Wally opener and nobody was fishing smallies. They were out fishing much deeper <clears throat> and there just wasn't that many people fishing bass up there for being a big lake. I have never slow rolled a jerk bait and I don't really like throwing a jerk bait, but I imagine it would be good. <clears throat> uh, oh, the other jerk bait was an Ema flip. This one. Yeah, that's the Ema flip. And this is the well, this is the RC sticks, which is the Mega Bass kind of knockoff. But I do have a 
a Mega Bass version too. Which is stuck to another emo one. But that's the one I was throwing in practice was this emo. I did catch a few fish on it. So yeah, here's the, the Mega Bass and here's the, the emo flip. So I was actually impressed. It looked really good in the water. It just didn't seem to be the color. If I had this in a few more colors, I think it would have been a really good option. Um, well, my trick baits aren't sitting where they're supposed to. Uh, I have not fished the 110 Junior yet. <clears throat> I've heard good things. I think it really depends on where you're at and the, how deep the water is and how clear it is, Bill. Um, every lake is a little bit different, but I think the smallies will be on beds for a while. But so overall, pretty happy with the tournament. Um, you know, so we get to the weigh-in and like everybody's just hanging around talking about the next tournament and this and that. And uh, one of the main guys just like, oh, here you go. He like hands me a check and I look at it. And I was like, look at the notes. And it said second place. I was like, is this for real? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, we took second place. And first place was 17-1, I want to say. Actually, let me pull up the standings quick. I'll share them on the screen. You can just see how tight. Like, rather than me explain it to you, we'll just share the screen quick uh, so you know how tight Uh, I mean, on a Lake Lake Vermilion, I bet you the spawn, because of the deep water basins and the shallow bar, the shallow <clears throat> bays, I mean, it lasts a solid month, I would guess, on Vermilion. I mean, kind of like Mille Lacs. Mm -hmm. All right. So over on the best. So here's a couple of the, the fish from practice. Um, you can see how fat they were. Like the largemouth were just like thick just crazy thick but there you go there we uh i guess we were just two tenths off the lead uh but we were only two tenths ahead of third and honestly you could see that last call moved us from fifth to sixth so that was probably like a 700 dollars call um but yeah i mean like look i mean like everybody from you know basically 15 pounds down to 13th place so Overall, decent quality. There just wasn't any real bigs. And our big fish was only like 3.8, 3.7, I mean, like, look at all the other, like, most teams, even the teams that were way below us had a big fish bigger than ours. We just had consistency. Um, favorite dock rod for skipping a jig is a 7.05 casting rod. Um, I use the Champion Extreme, but they make that in a few other models. It'd be good. I think they make it in a Fury. I think they make it in a Champ. Uh, lots of them. And then uh, for skipping like Senkos and stuff, I like the 703 Spinning Fury. Yeah, can't complain. Sunglasses. Um, I was switching back and forth between two pairs. I've got a couple different pairs of Costas. I've got uh, some kind of amber unmirrored ones for low light conditions. And then I've got kind of a copper green lens. Um, when it gets real bright and it was pretty bright. <clears throat> there's the, there's my tournament partner, uh, Michael checking in. He was doing some, I think two tournaments in a row, Michael's put three fish in the boat to my two. So he was, he was the man with the jerk bait for sure on Monday. It's the Kraken, Bill. It's the Kraken. So that's the tournament. That was Vermilion on a Monday. Good turnout. We stopped. We got some Gordy's hamburgers, cheeseburgers with fries and, and, and shakes on the way home. Figured cash a nice check. You stop and get some ice cream. Um, overall, it was good. We didn't hardly break anything. We didn't lose that many lures in Vermilion. Cash a nice check. Got some good video footage. So I'm hoping to get the practice video up on 
Friday and the tournament video up on Monday. So <clears throat> should be. We got some really good fish catches. I think it'll make for a pretty good tournament video. So should be good. Right, let's see if there's anything going on in the chat here before we move on. 40 hanging out in the YouTubes. That's awesome. <clears throat> but I guess tomorrow, Gunnersville is about to go down. <laughs> I don't think so. You can't go wrong with Gordy's. I disagree, Bill. Um, <clears throat> so I'm excited. Try to, you know, between meetings and, and work and calls, I'll be keeping a peek on Gunnersville. I think uh, it'll be really interesting to see uh, how Seth does. I was pulling up some tournament stats on Seth, and, you know, I actually think there's potentially like this. I think I'm not sure if Champlain or the St. Lawrence is a bigger stumbling block. Um, so I was looking like Seth has five tournaments on the St. Lawrence River with an average finish of 18.6. <clears throat> He's got four tournaments on Gunnersville. One was in 2015 when he first started. Hadn't really figured out Southern bass fishing yet. And he had a 94th. But his last three tournaments on Gunnersville are 11th, 4th, and 11th. So that's an average of 8.7. So really averaging a top 10 in his last three tournaments on Gunnersville. And uh, so, but if you average in the 94th, then that puts him at like an average place of 30th. But either way, if he does what he does on an average and finishes 30th at uh, Gunnersville, 19th at St. Lawrence, and then I'm guessing his Champlain average is like fifth, eighth something like that, like disgusting. Like he's got, I think, two seconds and a couple other top 12s. So, um, I mean, at Gunnersville, I mean, barring disaster, mechanical, something weird going on, I really feel like that's, I mean, that's where I'm putting them for my drain the lake pick is Gunnersville because I feel like that is the lock of locks. I feel like the grass deal, the smallies, he'll just find them on Gunnersville. <clears throat> so, um yeah, but otherwise, I think Gunners will be kind of interesting because you hear things, it's been a really weird spring, and I feel like people always say that, but it feels like it even more this year. I was listening to Matt Heron on BTL today. I mean, there are still fish on beds. There's fry garters. There are bass that are hanging around the bluegill and brim beds. Uh, there's fish starting to show up out deep, but they're not really out deep. There's fish in the grass. Like, I think you'll see some guys like, fishing that shallow bank grass like Caleb Sumrall did a couple years ago. I think you're going to see guys flipping milfoil like Matt Heron did and do well. I think there's potential. That, I mean, there will definitely people, some people catching them offshore. I think the guy that wins it will find some sneaky one or two offshore spots where he's really going to blast them. But I think you're going to see anglers in the top 10 doing a lot of different things. I think there's still a tail end of a shad spawn. So I think who they put their cameras on, I haven't seen what the lives are. There's probably on Instagram who they're putting on the live cameras tomorrow. Let's take a look. Um, but that should be super interesting to see who they pick and how they do, because I think it really could be a crapshoot tomorrow for – live because i just i don't know it definitely does seem like a polonic kind of tournament it kind of reeks of that was it toledo bend or was it rayburn when he won that that bass fest tournament a few years ago um <clears throat> where he was kind of doing top water in the morning and doing you know nico rig in the afternoon and doing all kinds of things They have not posted who's got live cameras on, but oh, that's weird. Usually they do. Interesting. So I don't know. I would imagine <clears throat> Seth's going to have a camera being the AOI leader. Um, but yeah, they have not posted who's going live. What's up, Travis Christie? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I don't know who's... That's interesting. Usually they uh, have that kind of stuff posted. Uh, I, we did check it in practice, Eric. Um, it looked really good. 
in the where it's positioned in Daisy, I really thought it had potential. I we just we jerk baited it. We threw out Kitech, <clears throat> dragged a tube a little bit. I didn't see any fish in my graph. We didn't get any bites. We probably spent a half an hour there. Um, I don't know, but it didn't really fit the pattern of how and where we caught them <clears throat> the rest of the time. So I guess maybe not totally surprised, but now seeing that, I can see why it was such a good. It had so many different kinds of rock, like the flat rock and the the small rock and the big rock. There was so much going on. <clears throat> I could see why that was so productive. But we did not catch anything in there. Yeah, I think it'll be – I think it's going to shake things up. <clears throat> I think there's going to be guys that are struggle to get a limit, and I think there's going to be guys that, you know, catch 18 to 20 pounds. Um, I don't think I think the winning weight's going to be right around eighty pounds, maybe high seventies, low eighties. I don't think this is going to be anywhere near a hundred pound tournament. I think there was like a team tournament out there like a week or two ago, it only took seventeen pounds to win. So <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be a massive weight tournament. I'm sure there'll be a few giants caught, but overall, I think <clears throat> you'll just see them catching them a lot of different ways, like shad spawns, brim betters, a few straggling spawners shallow vegetation, wood. <laughs> there you go. A little extra pressure. <clears throat> That's a good question. Recommendation for inflatable life jackets. I have not traditionally worn inflatable life jackets. When I was fishing the Wilson Dam <clears throat> last November, I definitely felt the need to wear my life jacket all the time. And I now this winter bought one. I just, I found uh, a decent deal on one at Cabela's or Bass Pro. Um, that's what I bought. So I don't know. I haven't had a lot of actual experience with them. So maybe somebody else in the chat can let you know what they like. Um, I know there's some that cost like two, $300, but I bought one that was like <clears throat> 80, 90 bucks. There you go. I mean, I definitely think uh, Hank Cherry could do very well. Um, we saw that um, he did well in the Classic um, two years ago. Uh, the other jerkbait guy, what's his name? He's in Bucket E. He's from Alabama. Kelly J did really well throwing a jerkbait in, in June. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Hank Cherry do okay <clears throat> in this tournament. But I think there was this like... Between Buddy Gross, Seth Fighter, and Brock Mosley, those are the ones that really like stuck out to me in Group A. There you go. There's the Onyx. Here's a recommendation for you, Lauren. What about what's everybody else doing? Are they maybe going fishing? Anybody got any derbies this weekend? Any good stories from last weekend? I, I think uh, <clears throat> Darius is going to St. Clair for a week, so he should he should be pounding some giant smallies. But yeah, I'm excited to see how this turns out because like we're gonna go on a bit of a break now because I don't think the next <clears throat> so after we finish this and we have a couple week break, uh, the classic is like the second week of June. And then we don't got Champlain until after 4th of July and then back-to-back with St. Lawrence. So we get a full, like, almost month off of Bassmaster Elite Series and Fantasy Fishing. I do got soccer games this weekend. Um, but Sunday I should get out fishing. And then I think I'm going to do a whole lot of fishing next week. Um, there you go, Sycamore, all weekend. Awesome. There you go, Patrick's Dale Hollow, big smallies. I like it. Back to back club derbs. Where are you fishing, BB Bassin? Where are the tournaments? I have no plans at this point to go to the classic this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Welcher do well. I like that pick too. <clears throat> um I could see him catching him on a frog, doing some kind of crazy things, flipping and pitching, running around. I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all. Nice. Nicely done, Travis. What's up, Grat84? Good to see you. 
God, I've been, I had the fall brawl on East West Rush. I have not. I've heard good things about Mink and Summers, but I've never been there. It sounds like my kind of place. Um, what club is that that you're fishing? Is that one of the Bass Nation clubs? Yeah, I, I think Brock stands to do really well in this tournament as well. <clears throat> got one tomorrow, Central Texas and your recommendations got four inches of rain yesterday. Um, hmm. You're going to probably be mostly postpone, right? It really kind of depends on the lake. Do they get shallow? Is there grass? I need a little more information <laughs> on the lake. Um, something like a big spinnerbait or a chatterbait, cover some water. All right, West Metro, good deal. Is uh, Hurlberg still in West Metro, or is he in a different club now? <clears throat> Ooh, Toledo. That sounds like a good time. Postbound here, males still on beds. I think in the country, um, yeah, start catching them on the way out. <clears throat> That's not a bad plan because, you know, there's probably a, still a few pre-spawn fish out there. So if you start fishing those transition areas, you can either catch them leaving or the last few coming in. So that's that's probably that's good. Yeah, I was I don't know. I'll be all over the Johnsons uh, <clears throat> come St. Lawrence for sure. Changing your picks is never a good thing, Derek. I like I'll do my video, I do my article for bassmaster.com and then like unless I something really freaky happens or somebody drops out or I hear something really I don't usually change. Yeah, mini washta, that's a good one. That lake is full of fish. Uh, that should be a fun tournament for sure. Could be a breakout tournament for Robertson. I mean, he is a Tennessee River guy. I don't know how much experience he has on Gunnersville, but He's actually been a lot quieter this season than I thought. So if he's going to make some noise, it's probably this week. I don't know if he's ever been up north of the Mason-Dixon. Deep, clear lake. I'd probably stay deep because if it's normally a clear lake, then fish aren't probably going to like that mud um, shallow. So I would probably stay out deep and get around some grass because that typically will clear up first. <clears throat> so if you can find some grass out deeper, I think that would be the ticket. Um, probably cranking, <clears throat> so roll a big spinnerbait, throw a Carolina rig. Mm -mm -mm. What else is going on? I don't know. What else do I want to talk about tonight? Talked about Vermilion. We talked. We talked about Gunnersville. I mean, I think it's just really interesting to see. I guess while I have you guys. Oh, before we forget, let's thank Arsenal Fishing, right, uh, for supporting the stream. Uh, don't forget about those guys. We'll pop the code up down in the bottom in case you forget. Uh, the quality of the channel and everything that goes on wouldn't be as good as it was if it wasn't for Arsenal. So, if you guys like supporting the channel, check out Arsenal Fish and see what they got. They got some pretty good swag. Uh, hats you can turn into visors or you can leave them as hats. <clears throat> um, all weekend long, I've been wearing my Arsenal. Like They make these really good like silver, light gray sun shirts with hoods on them, and that's what I wear fishing. And they, it was like 85 degrees, and I was super comfortable. And for sight fishing, hood up, seeing, it's it's great. Um, so check out Arsenal Fishing and uh, or Omnia. Omnia is adding more stuff all the time. Omnia just announced tonight with Crestliner, John Cox, that they're doing a boat giveaway. Or they're helping sponsor the boat giveaway of a Crestliner MX-19 with a 200-pound Merc or 200-horsepower Mercury. So, if you go to Omnia Fishing, there's a a link to enter. Maybe I'll just find it and post it. Let's see here. Let's see if we get Omnia changed their logo. That's new. Well, here we go. Let's just share this here. Let's uh, stop. And then let's just. Mm -hmm. All right. Right here. Win this Crestliner Bass Boat at the Classic. All you have to do is create an account and you get this boat with poles, 200 Mercury, 
a bunch of Plano Edges, a bunch of Berkeley Tackle, and some Abu Rods. So you just go there, and if you're logged in, you hit Enter, and you're done. There you go. If you guys have never been to my profile, you can see, like, every time I go fishing, whether it's a tournament or fun or not, <clears throat> I fill out a fishing report. So I have 41 fishing reports from last year and this year where I break down what was working, what baits I used, the gear, and I give you a summary of, like, every fishing report. So if you haven't checked that out, it's worth a look. I'll uh, put that in the chat if anybody wants to check that out. <clears throat> Yeah, that's a sweet giveaway for sure. Uh, yeah, calorie fishing is like watching paint dry, but sometimes it works. Frog setup. Um, yes and no. I have two frog setups. Um, for what I call tactical frogging, which would be popping frog or a walking frog, when I'm skipping around docks, when I'm throwing up in bushes, when I'm fishing clumps of bank grass where I'm making like, you know, <clears throat> maybe 15 to 25 yard cast pitch skips, I use a 735 casting rod. Um, I've used the Champion in the past. I've used the Sierra. <clears throat> and that's what I use. I feel like I'm really accurate. I have plenty of power to get them out. Um, so that's, and then my, Long range frog rod, I use my uh, 795, which is seven foot nine, <clears throat> which is a much longer rod. So when I'm like fishing on the Mississippi River, throwing huge pad flats, huge duckweed flats, making super long casts, like almost spooling the rod, um, that's when I go with the 795. Or up on like, uh, if you watch my videos from <clears throat> Leech last year, fishing the wild rice, that's the kind of setup for that. That's a good question. I was thinking about that. Like maybe uh, sell that boat, sell the cat, and double down and, and upgrade probably. Make playing sound like a job. I do. <laughs> do you ever find deals on jackhammers? <clears throat> Bought 10 last year on 12 bucks, but I can't find deals like this year. What you can do, Joe, is you can go to Omnia. And uh, use my code and get 15% off. Hellabass Spring 15 Joe to get 15% off on jackhammers. So 16 bucks. That gets you down around 13-ish. So there you go. Plus then if you're an Omnia member, you get 10% points and rebate. You write down where you want to be in that 12 bucks. <clears throat> That'd be my recommendation. Oh, maybe. Um, what were we talking about? I forget. So hopefully that helps you out, Joe. Um, <clears throat> fishing scenario questions. All right, is this like the bass you battle, but I'm the only one playing? <clears throat> Spring temps right at 60, largemouth lake, fish few fish in beds, but tons of cruisers. How do you like to target them? Uh, it probably depends on the conditions. Excuse me. If it's a cloudy day with a little bit of chop, probably going to throw a swim jig or a chatterbait quite a bit. If it's a calm day, sunny, bright skies, I'm probably flinging around uh, a stick bait or a general or a senko or something like that. <clears throat> Depending on how deep they are, wacky rigged or maybe Nico rigged, um, Texas rigged, depending on the cover, or maybe a weightless ring fry is also a good bet. Like that's one of my go-tos. Yeah, I mean, kind of the conditions. If they seem like they're really hard to catch, <clears throat> then I'm probably bombing around a ring fry or a senko of some kind. Um, if they're a little deeper, maybe I'll really like mojo rig. And but if they feel like they're kind of chasing, if you can make long casts with swim jigs and things like that, that's kind of a fun way to do it. I have not been, I've been, I mean, I spent a lot of time in my Pantera, 
my older classic. I've been in a buddy's Pantera 2, but honestly, I haven't. I mean, I've been in some older Pumas, but I haven't been in many of the newer ones, to be honest. I haven't been like in any of the bigger ones, really. Patrick, if you ever fish in Ned Rig, only when I have to. Try not to. Every now and then, I will throw the Bastec weedless Neds with a little, uh, I like the the Tickler Z. This one's a little matted up. But the Tickler Z or the Hula Sticks is typically what I like to throw when I do throw a Ned Rig. The tumbler tonight is the same as the last few weeks. It is the Kraken Rum with the Diet Dr. Thunder. Disagree. I, rather than Ned's for life, I'd rather say better dead than Ned. <laughs> yeah. Or like the ring fry, really underrated. Like when everybody else is throwing the ring fry or the the <clears throat> the uh, the Senkos. I have a pack right here. Like, just get yourself a big four or five aught EWG, and uh, that is a scrumptious looking little bluegill imitator. And it's got a little more heft. Uh, I like the way it casts. You can peg like a really tiny, like 16th ounce weight, or you can throw a nail weight in the back and make it like backslide. I've caught so many fish on the ring fry. Like, if you hate Senkos, try the ring fry. You are winning life, Michael. Yeah, I've not been in a Lynx, so I could not say. I really <clears throat> I haven't been in a Cougar or a Lynx, so I'm not the person to ask. And they're also great on a Carolina rig, the uh, Lake Fork Ring Fry. Missile quiver and Ned Ring? I've, I've, I've played around with a jig worm on the quiver. I have not used it on a Ned. <clears throat> But I don't know. Any other questions? Free for all. What's going on? I might so the 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 kids and the wife are taking a trip to Florida next week without me. I'm staying home with the dog. So uh, during the day, I'm gonna get some work done, uh, mow the lawn, and I think just about every night I'll be taking one of the dogs to the lake and doing some fishing. So I actually think about entering one of those online tournaments next week since I might be able to get out and fish like <clears throat> five or six times, maybe I'll actually enter a online tournament. So that might be something fun to do like that, that half a spot app or something like that. So <clears throat> yeah, Lake Fork's got some good stuff. Um, I like their fork craw for smallies. Use the, uh, <clears throat> The baby ring fry and mojos, the big ring fries, weightless, uh, and Carolina rigs. Their creature bait, I used to throw quite a bit on a Carolina rig. Um, I know a lot of people like their hyper stuff. I never really got into their hyper stuff. The Lake Fork Magic Shad is like a really great underrated, you know, the Zayco kind of like displaced them. But the old Magic Shad was like one of the best Chatterbait trailers and probably still is one of the best Chatterbait trailers out there. I don't know if I have one in the box. Yeah. So there is a piece of it. That's the Lake Fork Magic Shad. Uh, that's one of the best Chatterbait trailers they make. So it's similar to a Zayco, but different. So uh, the tail is horizontal versus vertical like the Zayco. But otherwise, the Zayco came out after the Zayco came out after the Lake Fork Magic Shad. So, if you're not OG and you like the Zayco, um, check out the Lake Fork Magic Shad. That's back in the day when B Height won those two back-to-back -back tournaments. This is what he was using as a trailer. Uh, JDM cult. Honestly, a while back I was more into the JDM stuff, and lately I've gotten away from the JDM stuff. I used to spend money on like eBay and buy all these crazy crankbaits and all these kind of things and, and and weird baits. And then like you'd catch fish on them and you'd have a tournament and you'd be like, I'm out of them or I lost that bait. And like, it's not, it takes, you can't just go to the store and get them. So 
as a tournament angler, I've kind of starting to get away from JDM stuff, other than like Mega Bass, Lucky Craft, EMA, some of that stuff that's kind of readily available, at least through like you know Omni and Tackle Warehouse and those kind of things, Jackal. Uh, I'll buy that stuff, <clears throat> but the really crazy stuff like the Imakatsus and and some of that stuff, I kind of tend to stay away from it until it becomes a little more readily available just because I don't want to like fall in love with it and then not be able to get it. I think the best all-around colored lens is some kind of amber or copper lens uh, with some kind of a green mirror. That's what I like. Ring fry is more than good. Yeah, craw tube is like cult. I mean, the big bite craw tube is still pretty good. I think. I mean, it's basically the same mold. Um, <clears throat> so why can't you just uh, get that? Or do you think it's different? Like, you don't think this is going to work for you, Eric? This guy right here? You can buy 25-count bulk backs at Omnia. <clears throat> get you some green pumpkin. Get you some of this confusion color. Hematoma. Got everything you need. Honestly, I only have Costas, so... Um, I haven't tried any of the other ones, honestly. It's been so long since I've used anything but a Costa. Back in the day when I was younger, when I was like 18, 19, 20, and I was kind of frugal and cheap, I used to wear like some of the cheaper like Strike Kings and kind of stuff like that. And man, my eyes would just be like burning and I'd have headaches. And like when I went to Costas, like that went away. Now, I'm sure there are plenty of other good brands out there. Um, <clears throat> I just, I've had several pairs of Costas that have lasted. Their warranty have actually been pretty good. I've had a couple pairs repaired and sent in. I just haven't worn any outside of um, Costa. I've heard good things about the Waterland, but I haven't tried those. I mean, there's a ton of good brands out there. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about the Fighting Frog. I have not fished them. Yeah. I think the OG Crawtube was lake fork but i'm pretty sure the company that pours for big bite baits their parent company <clears throat> was the company that i forget what the name of it is was the company that pay poured for lake fork so lake fork i don't believe ever poured their own baits they used <clears throat> the parent company of big bite to pour them the big bite brand has only come out in the last i don't know six eight years and that's basically their brand they've is it dgi or dg or something like that is one of the main companies that pours most of the baits in North America. Um, and then for whatever reason, now Lake Fork doesn't carry it, but now Big Bite Baits does. I think that's kind of the story. Don't hold me to it 100%. Yeah, weightless ring fry and shallow cover is really good. Uh, I like that a lot. Like reeds, pads, docks, wood. Oh, another tornado warning. Take shelter. The kids will be downstairs in a few minutes. Still got one dog down here. Why? I don't know. Just douse it and bang garlic. I think you'll be good, Eric. I think it's in your head. A soft plastic that got discontinued that I'd want to come back. Um, <sighs> good question. I don't get too hung up in that. I don't know. That's a. I know a lot of people are upset about the Havoc Pit Boss. I don't know. I don't know if I have one that's absolutely. I bet you. I don't know. I'd love to hear what other people in the chat would say. I I can't think of one off the top of my head that I just can't live without. Or that I have like a few left that I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to have those. Crawfish color. 
If you wanted to order enough, I bet you they'd custom make them for you. <clears throat> Probably just have to order like 10,000 of them, Eric. Here comes the dog back. Riley's back. What's up, Riley? We are in the stream. Is that, is that okay to talk to you while you're on the stream? What? No. Um. Yeah, that's a good point. Christopherson's, I believe, does have hundred counts, and you could probably get the craw there. So, yeah, Christopherson's in Alexandria, Minnesota. Eric, give them a call. They do a, a bunch of <clears throat> unique colors, and they might have a hundred pack of the craw color. Yeah. Yes. I do fish Kitex quite a bit, decent amount. Cedar Creek Lake. I think I've heard of that. The Havoc stuff is a little different. It's unscented. It's not very salty. It's fairly high buoyancy. So I don't know. Bastrix. Bastrix are coming back, according to the bait man. But I have a whole bunch of them. If you need some, let me know. Six inch hula grubs. That's not something. There you go. I don't know. Can you guys hear the tornado sirens? <clears throat> Eric, according to their website, you can order the number 10 crowded color in eight, 25, 100 counts from Big Bite Baits. So, there you go. Um, local tablet shop. You know what? Clay, you could probably buy those <clears throat> cheap, and you could probably sell them on eBay for or the Facebook Marketplace for good money. People are searching for the Havocs, especially the Pit Boss. 7-2 Heavy. Do they make a 7-2 champion? HP. Oh, HP. 7-2. I don't think they made a 7-2, but champion extreme HP. Love them. They're a great rod. Um, I have the 7-4, 7-45. Great rod. 7-05. Got a couple of those. Yeah, that's the thing is like now these days, Kyle, it's a good point that uh, there's so many good options out there. Like I, if I've got a BFE and a D-bomb and a beaver all in similar colors, I don't freak out. Yep. Same here, just down south in Lakeville. All right. So I don't know. Any more questions? Otherwise, I think we might wrap things up. Keep it short and sweet tonight. Have a little bit of Gunnersville preview. We talked about tournament recap. Maybe I'll start editing a video tonight and get things going. Um, babe swim baits. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, the babe swim baits and then <clears throat> like that old Bass Pro uh, DPS swimmer, right? Like that's one that uh, a good one. So just a quick note for you guys that don't know, <clears throat> Bateman is doing a stream tomorrow night, 8 o'clock with Matt Pangrack. So set your reminders. Um, Panger and Bateman tomorrow night. I might jump on there and do a little moderation. <clears throat> um, special shout out to Arsenal. If you guys came in late, catch the replay, YouTube, Facebook. I'll have the podcast up tomorrow sometime. Uh, just search Hella Bass in your favorite podcast app, and should be a whole lot more fishing videos coming up real soon. A lot more on the water fishing. I have no idea. That's out of my pay grade, Clay. <clears throat> I've never messed around with a, a P70. 
I have an EFI Merc, so I just use TCW3. I got nothing fancy, Gene. But, all right, we're going to hang out, bunker down with the fam in the basement. We're going to shut down the stream. Thanks, everybody, that came on tonight. And as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>